Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zwei Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcasts. Putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig and his team of experts straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter and the Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally wherever you are. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining Zweig Group Media and the Zweig Letter exclusive interview series. With almost 25 years of continuous coverage of the design industry, the Zweig Letter is a constant and an ever-changing marketplace. We are bringing you some of the best and brightest minds that our industry has to offer. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Tracy Eaves, who heads up our valuation consulting group here at Zweig Group. Tracy, it's so great to have you on the Zweig Letter podcast, finally. And why don't you just, uh, so that for the audiences, for the part of our audience that doesn't know who you are, why don't you tell us exactly, introduce yourself, tell us which, a little bit about what you do here at Zweig Group, and tell us a little bit about your background. Certainly. Thank you, Randy. I, I appreciate the invitation. Um, my name is Tracy Eaves. Uh, I head up the Valuation Consulting Group um, for Zweig Group. I have been working with the company since 2010. Um, I have a background in business valuation. Uh, I have been in the uh, industry since 2000. I have earned a certified business appraiser designation from the Institute of Business Appraisers. I have a certified valuation analyst designation from the National Association of Certified Valuators and Analysts. I have a business certified appraiser designation with the um, International Society of Business Appraisers and I also have a machinery and equipment appraisal designation that I earned through the NEBB Institute. Wow. Uh, in addition to that, um, you know, I have an undergraduate degree from Louisiana Tech University, and I earned my MBA um, through the University of Arkansas. Okay. All right. Great. Great. That's right. You did you did some time here in, in Arkansas, right? How, how long were you here? Uh, Ten years. Okay. Great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you miss Fayetteville? I do miss Fayetteville. Uh, Fayetteville is just one of those little gems in the world, and it is just a, a spectacular place. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. That's right. You came and visited with us uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had our uh, our annual retreat. And it was certainly good to have you 
uh, physically here in the office to, to be with us. And, and for those of you that are listening to the podcast and, and don't know that we've got several leaders within this organization that uh, work remotely uh, and work in different parts of the country. And um, that actually really allows Zui Group to bring on the best and brightest talent, um, regardless of location. And, and, and Tracy is certainly an example of that uh, here on this team. And so, uh, again, I'm, I'm finally glad that I was able to corral you to commit to doing this podcast. And, you know, I think um, one of the one of the simple things that we do uh, on this wide letter podcast and specifically for these interview series is that we try to um, go a little deeper in some of the services that we offer on the consulting side of things and talk about, um, you know, all of the different things that we're capable of doing. But more than that, also giving the listeners um, just some real world ways to apply um, consulting to the the way that they run their business uh, on a daily basis. And so it's, it's kind of cool just to have you talking about valuation. And, and I'm sure a lot of people have questions. We've had uh, M&A team members on here, uh, Jamie Claire Kaiser and Phil Kyle, and, um, and we're, we'll obviously have others on in the near future. But today is valuation day. And today is Tracy Eve's day on this podcast. So I'm excited to have you on here. So, so why, don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we jump right in? Because I'm sure people have some questions and you know, we get so many inquiries about valuations as, as I know you do. And so, um, you know, how many valuations do you think you've done over the years, just in terms of your experience? Oh, goodness. Um, I would estimate, Randy, that I have done more than 500 valuations. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then, and then when, when, when people think of valuations, I know sometimes people think of how like, like an appraiser appraises a house, but I know it's, it's so much different when you're talking about a, a, uh, a breathing entity, like a, like a business. Um, how do you, I mean, how do you take all that you know and apply it to the valuation process? Well, the, the valuation process is, um, it's a very specific activity. And, um, you know, I named off my certifications uh, earlier in the introduction, and there's good reason for that. And, and it's because business valuation is, it's a complex process because there are so many moving pieces and parts to um, a business entity that um, you know every one of them is individual in nature and the characteristics of one firm um, you know if even if you had two firms sitting side by side they both offered the same services uh, they both had you know very close in terms of revenue range um, but if you look at those two businesses side by side the, the characteristics of those businesses are unique and individual to each one of them so it's very difficult to throw um, everybody into one pot and say well you know everybody's the same so therefore um, you know the the valuation process is, is you know should be fairly simple you know cut and dried straightforward and that's not that's not the case um, just simply because we have to take into account all of those um, individual business characteristics that could either detract from value or could potentially add value to a firm. Um, so, 
you know, in the process, um, in, in talking with um, business owners and going through the valuation process, you know, we are, we are evaluating, um, you know, really the company from A to Z. And we're looking at everything from the financial performance of the firm. Um, but we are also looking at how does that firm benchmark against industry guidelines? And is that firm uh, an above average performer? Is that firm kind of in that middle range? Or is that firm... Um, you know, performing at the low at the low end of the range. And then we, you know, look at try to answer those questions. You know, what are some of the driving factors as to why that is? You know, are there, um, you know, are there maybe personal expenses that have been entered in on financial statements that we need to remove so that we have a more true, pure business performance level? Or what is it that's causing those that's that's causing that performance? So we're looking at that. We're looking at the management team of the firm. Um, you know, we're looking at other um, characteristics such as, you know, the, uh, the backlog of, of a firm and, you know, what does that look like? We're looking at the next level of leadership in the firm and what does that look like? Um, we, um, you know, get into asking questions and, and exploring, um, you know, the client base of the firm um, and, you know, asking about the geography of, of, you know, where the firm operates. Is it is it typically a fairly local firm? Is it regional in nature? Uh, does it have a national footprint? And, you know, from the perspective of clients, we're looking at firms uh, and we're looking at the breakdown of potential or particular clients. Does the firm have a huge reliance on one particular client, and has that been in effect for you know a few years? Uh, you know, if you, I, we have seen over the years working with with companies in the industry. I mean, I have actually seen firms that, um, you know, are they range. I mean, I have firms that are very diverse in nature, and and if if I look at their top five clients for the last five years, um, the diversity the diversity of the firm is such that you don't, there's no reliance pattern there. Um, on the other hand, I have firms that um, ask for the top five clients for the last five years and there's one there's one particular client that shows up over and over and over and it's 50 plus percent of the revenue of the company. So when you look at even just from the perspective of the client concentration issue, if again, if both firms were identical with the exception of that one issue, firm A looks very different from firm B in terms of its risk profile. Because if that if that client that is 50% of the revenue happens to go away, then we have a business that looks much different um, than it would had the client have, had the client stayed. So there's all kinds of um, there's all kinds of um, I guess moving pieces and parts that we explore in this process of um, learning about the business and understanding how it functions and you know more of the you know sometimes it's um, you know learning about the corporate culture also helps to so somewhat define how the company actually um, operates from a um, from financial perspective so it is it, it is a process um, you know people like you said earlier people do think about um, sometimes business appraisal should be as simple as um, hiring an appraiser to come, you know, value your home. But it is a very different process, much more complex. Um, you know, we dive a, a lot deeper um, into, um, you know, some of those issues that I brought forward. And it's, it's a necessary part of the process to really be able to develop um, that independent opinion of fair market value. Yeah. 
So basically what you're telling me, which, which again, there, there's so much information here. I want to start to try to unpack this, but what you're telling me is if I'm running a design firm and my cousin is a, is a great accountant, I, I, I can't probably, I, I don't, I don't think I should necessarily rely on him to help me come up with an accurate valuation of my organization. If, if his area of expertise isn't the, the fundamental ability to value a, a company. Uh, I, you know, overall, I would say that that's a, 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 a fair statement. Um, you know, certainly there are there are those um, accountants out there in the marketplace that have had exposure to um, business valuation. But I will tell you, you know, that it is it is an area of consulting that if you don't ride that bike every day, um, you know, you, you kind of forget. So, you know, it's if you're not in this world every day, um, you know, we've got we've got a lot of fast paced changes that happen in our industry. And if you're not keeping up with that, um, it's very easy to to fall behind fairly quickly. So from the perspective of having valuation designations that, you, you know, from various organizations, um, it does it does a couple things. One, it requires us to operate from a set of professional standards that we have to follow in our in our valuation um, engagements. And secondly, um, you know, we have to maintain those valuation designations. So, for example, I have to have um, continuing education to maintain every one of my business valuation designations, and that requires me to have anywhere between 20 and 30 hours of continuing education every year to meet those requirements. So, it you know, if you have somebody sitting in an accounting firm where they're doing mostly accounting work, um, you know, while that person may be very bright, articulate, smart, and and you know have a null a base knowledge they may be missing part of the picture simply because this profession does require you to really stay on top of developing issues along the way. Okay. All right. Well, no, that, that, that certainly makes sense. And, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here and so with this continuing education credits, is that per designation or is that 20 to 30 hours in general that you do a year or would that be for each of your designations? Yeah, each designation will require 20 to 30 um, hours of continuing education wow. every year to wow. comply. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, I think that's important in and of itself because, because again, they, 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 they wouldn't require constant updating if it wasn't uh, an, an area that, that is, is so important. And of course, when it comes to valuing a firm, um, you know, there, there is, there's nothing to play with here. What, what are, what are some of the common reasons that a firm will seek out evaluation? Well, in the engineering architecture, environmental consulting industry that, that we work in, um, I would say that a majority of the valuations are for um, corporate planning and ownership transition planning um, are the, the two primary, you know, the two primary purposes for valuation. Um, you know, there are those occasions that uh, I will see, you know, client, I do work for clients for other purposes, such as um, may get into a litigation issue. Um, it might be for um, the initiation of an employee stock ownership plan. Um, it might be for um, a divorce, um, you know, in, in, uh, and there are some other reasons as well. It might be an SBA financing purpose that we will do evaluation for. But I would say that those are, um, you know, those are fewer and further between um, a majority of what we're doing is for ownership transition planning and 
uh, you know, corporate planning purposes. You know, I have clients um, that will do a valuation update every single year and they're doing that, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, in a lot of cases, um, there is multiple owners in the firm. They all want to stay on top of their, um, you know, their value development and looking at the value acceleration that they are able to create. So they will do an annual update. Okay. Wow. All right. So we've got corporate planning, ownership transition planning. Um, there, so there are obviously a, a, a multitude of reasons why a firm would uh, seek you out to have you help them out. So, so Certainly. just walk us through, just kind of give us just the, the highlight of, of uh, the valuation process. What do, what do firms need to provide? How long does it take them to prepare usually? And what should a firm expect if they've never obtained a valuation either in a while or, or ever, if for that matter? Okay. Okay. Um, generally, the first step in the process is to get in contact with me. Um, you know, I like to um, set aside time so that I have um, time to focus on, you know, a client call. So generally, um, you know, we'll set up a time to talk. And, you know, that, that initial conversation is really about um, the need and, and the purpose of the valuation. So, you know, for example, I will get um, I will get a phone call from a potential client, and they will say, you know, I'm uh, I am the 100% owner of my firm. Um, I am kind of in that mode of thinking about retirement, or you know, what am I going to do with with my firm? I I'm really kind of torn because I have thoughts about ownership transition planning in in uh, you know transitioning the ownership of my firm to the next level of leadership but I'm also thinking about you know what if I could sell this firm uh, in an outside sale more on the merger acquisition side of the equation so it's it's important to have those discussions about you know the 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 firm owners and what their intentions are and you know what are what is the purpose of the valuation because that helps us to frame uh, the scope of work and what needs to be accomplished. So once that once that first phone call um, has been made and that and we have that discussion, then um, I will develop a proposal um, that will that will um, um, review the scope of work that we discussed, the the valuation date, um, you know, for the valuation, and uh, you know, get into the other information that um, you know that we include in our proposals, background, time frame, all that sort of thing. Um, once the proposal has been issued to a client, um, then uh, if they sign that, that turns into our engagement agreement. We ask the client to provide a 50% retainer upon signing the proposal. Once we have received that proposal and the retainer um, in the office, at that point, I will issue um, our business valuation questionnaire and document request list. The questionnaire um, is in a word format and it's designed to collect um, a lot of background information on the firm. So we go into everything from, um, you know, provide a, a brief, you know, write up of history of the company. We ask information around management, salaries, benefits, that sort of thing. We ask a lot of questions around marketing. We ask questions around client base. Um, the industries in which the the, the firm operates, uh, the type of clients that the firm um, has. 
we get into um, questions about you know whether or not the firm leases or owns the real estate um, and, and those types of questions. So we, we want a full complement of background information because that helps us to have a baseline in which to work from. Um, so that when we get into looking at the, the documentation that comes from the document request list, which is typically we will ask you for five years of financial statements on an accrual basis. We also like to take a look at um, the, same, the same five years of uh, tax returns for, for the firm. Backlog report, accounts receivable report, accounts payable report. Um, uh, we get into uh, any kind of a buy-sell agreement uh, that might exist. Um, in the firm. Um, we will look at other things if, if they're necessary, such as um, if there has been any litigation issues that we need to be aware of, we might need some documentation around that. Um, you know, we like to look at the depreciation schedule for the firm's assets that are um, on the asset schedule. And we will ask for that type of information. We like bios on management. We also like to see an organization chart. Um, so I would say overall that that's kind of the the initial information request. Once all of that comes into the office, then we will get started um, with our process. And what I like to do is I like to sit down with all of that information and review it in whole. And uh, I will then take the financial statements and I'm going to spread them into our analysis model. And I like to have an opportunity to do that and do the benchmarking um, of the firm against industry guideline data um, just to kind of see where the firm sits. And from that process, I generally am going to develop a fairly extensive list of questions that I, that I have or that I want to understand more about. So at that point, I will schedule um, what I refer to as um, the management interview. And the management interview is uh, really designed to dig deeper um, into the information that I have in front of me and to you know have a get get the questions answered that I have and to have a better understanding if there are some issues that I see that we need to deal with. Um, that gives us an opportunity to talk about those things and have a very um, robust back and forth discussion. Um, in most cases, um, management interview can be accomplished um, with conference call. Um, you know, if a client wants, you know, wants me to be front and center, can certainly do that as well. But uh, from an efficiency perspective, uh, you know, most of my clients, we, we do conference calls and it tends to work out quite well. Um, with regard to management, um, you know, I look to the, the firm ownership to determine who I talk to. In some cases, you know, if I have an owner that is, um, they're wanting to keep this valuation process very confidential and not, and it's not, not a known process within the firm, then certainly I will work with that one person. So it's really up to the, the firm ownership to determine who is going to be involved in that management interview process. Once all of that has been accomplished, if there's any more information I need, I will generally ask for it at that point in time. And then it's, um, you know, the, the ball is back in my court um, to, you know, finish the analysis process, develop that indication of fair market value, uh, whether that is a 100% control interest, whether that is a, you know, a minority interest share or single share interest or both. Um, and then I will write the report. 
um, once I have the report written and have um, finalized the valuation process and um, determined what that fair market value indication is, then at that point I will provide the report to the client and then uh, give the client a few days to um, review the report and then we will set up um, a, a again a conference call um, so that if there are questions or if the client needs to understand um, how some of the information was developed then it, at that point I'm more than happy to answer any questions they might have. Wow I mean I guess my, my simple question would be how, how do you how do you keep keep that all organized Tracy I mean there's so many moving parts uh, in, in evaluation I mean I'm just I'm just curious what what kind of normal timeline would somebody could somebody expect from this type of endeavor that you just described? Um, generally, it, it somewhat depends, Randy, on the workload that we have in at at the moment. But I, you know, generally it's about a four to six week turnaround time from the time that I have all of the information in my hand that we've asked for to get started. And I, I, I will tell you that that is a really critical piece of the process. Um, it's very difficult to do evaluation when there's missing information, um, you know, because typically what happens is you can only get so far and then you have to put it aside working on a different client and then when that information comes in it's almost like you have to kind of start over again to you know get your mind back around this particular client that you're working so we like to have all the information in front of us when we get started and once we get started it's about a four to six week time time frame wow which and and, and you get me thinking right now because we're in tax seasons it's almost the same way when you go to your tax man it's like you can't come to your tax man with half of your information because there's no way for them to complete your taxes it's the same way here that that a firm can't come to you for evaluation um, project and then have you be able to complete it with 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 missing information so and precisely it's it's just it's it's an impossibility uh, to sometimes you know we can't fill in those holes that we you know we're relying on the client information to do that so um, you know I will say that while it sounds like a daunting task to put together all of that information um, you know I mean it, it's really those business documents that um, ownership is going to have in place um, you know somewhere within within the firm and you know so it's it, it's it's just a matter of gathering up that information and then of course just taking a little bit of time to respond to the questionnaire um, and you know I would say that uh, on the questionnaire side that I probably 50 60 percent of that is probably in the head of the client they know that information you know without having to go uh, reference other documents but you know when we get to client breakdown that sort of thing I have a lot of my clients that are very highly organized uh, that have that information already so you know they will just put a note in the questionnaire that says see exhibit A and so they'll send me a beautiful spreadsheet that's got that information in it um, and when I get that um, that really puts a smile on my face because it makes my job um, it makes my job easier in terms of being able to understand um, that client very well with having a really nice complement of information to work with. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that that makes sense. That was actually going to be my next question about what really. I mean, in this process that you undertake on a regular basis, day in and day out, what really drives you? Um, you know, uh, when you finish evaluation job and send that report to the client, how does how does that make you feel? Well, you know, Randy, 
um, I will tell you that one of the one of the reasons I love what I do is because I get to work with different people all of the time and I get to learn about them and their businesses and I I love that process um, you know and I really like getting to know people um, I, the way I look at what I do is every single time that I issue a valuation report that is providing a client with the value of the company that they have probably spent years building uh, made you know massive financial investments into and have poured their life into that it's for a purpose and you know in a lot of the cases like I said a lot of the times it's for an owner to exit their firm so I take it very seriously because the way I look at this is when I am issuing a fair market value indication for a firm that is ultimately going to be a decision-making tool that is going to change somebody's life mm -hmm. and you know so I, I want I want to be sure that we're doing very good work to provide clients with the best information possible to help them make good financial decisions for their futures well well there you have it folks that's that is valuation in a nutshell I, I don't I can't I can't think of a better way to wrap it up with that but I mean I you know your your enthusiasm and excitement for for this subject matter and for this this area of our organization is palpable and I mean I, I I'm just getting it listening to you I'm getting excited and I'm I'm not I, I you know I, you would you would see my my top dresser drawer it's a mess it's in disarray I'm just not the guy to organize all that stuff but I am really good at <laughs> consulting and recruiting so that's why I do what I do with this company but but obviously you you have a certain set of skills and abilities that allow uh, you to make sense of chaos in some instances when you when you do these valuations and so I think that is that's certainly a, 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 a commendable talent and uh, I'm certainly glad that you're on our team and you're able to do this uh, successfully for so many of our clients and uh, I, I hope that this podcast more than any other will, will help uh, give people some information about the valuation process so as to demystify it and, and help them to realize, A, why they need to consider having a valuation if they haven't had one. And, you know, ways that you can use evaluation and how your organization can benefit from it. So uh, I think that's really great. So I, I thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I told you earlier, Tracy, we're doing something new here on the TZL interview series. We want to go deeper for our audience and learn who the real Tracy Eves is. And so we have a couple of simple questions that we'll end our interview with and hopefully we'll have some fun in the process. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What was the last book that you read? Thinking back about the last book that I that I read that wasn't pieces and parts, maybe on an airplane, um, was probably the Diana Gabaldone series. Um, and I think the last in the book, the last book in that series that I read was, um, I think it was called uh, Echo in the Bone. Um, her books are fantastic, and I have been reading her books for probably 15 years. And, uh, you know, she takes three or four years to write a new book, and they're fairly extensive when they come out. But lo love that series, and that's probably the last book that I read cover to cover that I can think of. So is it like murder mystery, murder and intrigue, something along those lines? Is, it is. is um, actually, it is historical fiction involving time travel. 
Oh wow! And it's okay. it's fascinating. Okay, okay. Well, that's full. That's very cool. You know, it's funny. I, my wife and I watched this show called Timeless on on. Um, I think it's on. I don't know if it's on ABC. I don't know what channel it's on. But you know, because I, I was a history major in college, and I and anything that has to do with history, I always I always love and love to immerse myself in. But that show's kind of cool because it it deals with time travel and it deals with history and how you know if people that that are in the future go back in time and mess things up, it creates that ripple effect that can that can ultimately mess up the timeline so i think yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely really and, interesting well in fact if you liked that you're going to have to look for um the series called outlander um outlander i think it's on the stars network um outlander is based on the diana gabaldone series of books okay. um so okay. you'll have to look for that one i will do that i will do that so speaking you spoke of of, of reading and, and traveling where, where did you go on your last vacation um, my husband and I took a trip to Estes Park, Colorado, and we did a lot of hiking and fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh, nice. Nice. Did you catch anything? Yes, we did. Um, we, had a, we had a great time. And that, that's probably one of my favorite, uh, my favorite activities is outdoors, in the mountains, hiking, um, fishing. My husband's really gotten me into the whole fishing thing. So um he has he has created a new a new little hobby for me that i really enjoy oh very cool very cool I, yeah i love fishing myself so that's that's great a woman after my own heart um <laughs> if, if you could binge watch one tv series old or new what would it be randy you know i really hate to admit this and i will tell you my husband introduced it to me and it's called shameless I don't know if you know that series or not. Look, I when you know I, what? It's you're the, you're the second person that has told me that <laughs> on this podcast that they they watch Shameless and they're almost ashamed to admit it. And exactly. I think, that, I think that's really funny. Um, you know, that that is uh that's hilarious. I will have it, to uh I, I keep saying I'm going to start watching it. I just haven't, but Mark Zweig has said that to me. Uh Christy Zweig Niehaus has said that to me. So I'm going to uh I'm going to have to look into it. You're the third person. Usually by, by the third recommendation, I need to take a closer look at it. So, Well, I, this is how I would describe it, Randy. When I first started watching this, I was appalled, appalled. But it's kind of like watching, it's kind of like a train wreck. You know, you, you, you're going to, you got to keep watching. And it, it, it was appalling. So you have to get your mind around the fact that, um, you know, this is this is who these people are, and there are going to be things that you're just going to go, "Why am I watching this?" But you can't stop. There's something very addictive about watching these people go through their lives. So yeah, you just can't um, look away. You just can't look you away. You can't look away. <laughs> exactly. So, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. Well, yeah, you know, Tracy, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us on the Zweig Letter interview series. And I'm sure we're going to have you back again. We really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule um, to join us today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Randy. As a reminder, all Zweig Group media programs like this one are available um, both uh, in both uh, video and audio format. Uh, you can check us out online on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, just to name a few places that you can find and download this podcast. Uh, in addition, we really want to uh, offer you a, uh, a special gift, and we uh, have a free subscription 
to the Zweig Letter um, newsletter. And you can get that subscription by visiting the website freetzl.zweigletter.com. And that is freetzl.zweigletter.com. Uh, all this information that I'm sharing with you, including contact information for Tracy, will be available in the show notes uh, at zweigletter.com. And um, you can find out uh, all you care to find out about valuation and uh, everything that we're doing here at Zweig Group, as, as, as well as all, all of the uh, past um, episodes of the Zweig Letter podcast. So we really want to thank you so much for taking time to participate in this event and we certainly couldn't do it without your participation, without uh, the, the fact that we have so many people listening from all over the world and, uh, and the feedback that we get on, on how this podcast is making a difference for them and how they run and operate their design firm. Uh, we really appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. So we just ask you to keep listening, keep spreading the good news from um, the Zweig Letter podcast. And uh, certainly if there's any uh, information or feedback that you want to share with us, feel free to do so at any point in time. All of our contact information uh, can be found online either at zweiggroup.com or uh, zweigletter.com. Uh, again, this is Randy Wilburn, and you've been listening to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast interview series. Thank you so much. And remember, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can apply the Zweig team's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free six-week subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com to gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.